Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. I'm ready to hear about Built Bar. I get excited every time I hear about Built Bar because it makes me hungry for a Built Bar. And secondly, I know we're about to dive into another exciting episode of Locked On Bama. Ah, there you go. You sort of introduced what I need to go with, no, and that is Built you Bar. You do it. And uh, we will talk about Built Bar in just a bit, but also talk about Rock Auto, uh, another one of our fantastic sponsors. And uh, Jimmy, what we can talk about today is some other good news. And that's that we ought to focus on good news. We've had so much shit news all around the world that um, it'd be good to focus on some good news, I think. And some good news, uh, it looks like Dallas Turner, who's one of the more highly sought after weak side defensive ends in the country. Uh, he's leaning to Alabama and he's going to be committing in early July. You know, one of my pet peeves is we get so specific about what kids are. I mean, I, I, I love 24 seven, what they do and rivals and ESPN, but the fact that weak side linebacker is like a category is sort of dumb to me because first of all, you know, you have to really, really know football to know that weak side linebacker, if you didn't know anything about football, you'd be going like, gosh, that guy sounds terrible. What kind of horrible position? He must not be very good. I mean, it's kind of a strange, <laughs> it's kind of a strange category. And even if you know a lot about football, you might say, okay, so he's the best linebacker in the country. So long as you line him up on the weak side of the formation and don't put a big body, you know, directly on him, he might be pretty good. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. When, when you say as as he's he, a, weak, a weak side linebacker. As long as you he doesn't have to do anything, he's Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I don't like the – and in the end, it's just too specific. They should put weak side linebacker and strong side linebacker in what they're called. They <laughs> just have two categories, outside guys and inside guys. I mean, is it necessary to break it all down? Because you, you never know what position. The kid is likely a jack linebacker for us and a jack linebacker for us is the weak side outside linebacker that is true for us it's the weak side outside linebacker but but he's also going to cross train we cross train all our guys if you play jack for us that means you also practice at sam if you play mike for us you also practice at will we cross train the outside guys and the inside guys for for two positions to me it's just like unnecessarily complicated and, 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 and pretty irrelevant because every, every scheme's a little different. You know, whether you're a 3-4, a 4-3, what version of that do you play? How hybrid are you? Uh, you know, all, all that sort of stuff can factor in. So let's just call him an outside linebacker and say he's one of the very best ones in the United States because both of those things are very true. Uh, that is very true, and I think a lot of people believe by the year's end he could be a five-star kid. Uh, in the 24-7 sports arena, he is number 32, and on the composite, he's number 44. So, yeah, he's he's pretty close to being a five-star as is. Yeah, national top 50 for sure. Um, I, I would uh, – you know, it's not like I keep a specific ranking of top 100. What I do is I just watch the tape and say to myself, okay, in an average year, this is where that kid should be in the rankings. And to me, I'd, I'd, I'd have him just slightly lower, uh, but not like dramatic. I mean, to me, he's definite top 100, arguable top 50, and he's in their top 50. So uh, I, I think it's certainly fair 
Here, here's one of the reasons I love Dallas Turner beyond the specifics of the film, and that's that he plays for St. Thomas Aquinas, just a powerhouse program that produces so many players. A couple of them already play for us, and, and, and they're good players for us, in particular a starter, starting safety Jordan Battle is from St. Thomas Aquinas. Future Alabama defensive line star Braylon Ingram is from St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, that program is so good, develops so many really good players. When you get a kid from there, he, it's like he has no floor. He's going to be good. It's just a question of how good will he be. We were saying the exact same thing one year ago about Jordan Battle, and he ended up being a true freshman starter in our dime package. So that's why I love Dallas Turner. There's not a floor here. He's going to be good. It's just a matter of how good and how quick it happens. And uh, you always need help with pass rushers and – and here's here's probably the guy that will end up being the premier pass rusher in in, in our group, even though we're signing yet another uh, great class of linebackers. He would be our third linebacker commitment and the best of the three, which is saying a lot because the other two, Deontay Lawson and Ian Jackson, are really good players. But Dallas Turner's even better, bigger, you know, bigger, longer, explosive proven against great competition <clears throat> recruited by the very best programs in the country be choosing Alabama, basically choosing Alabama over college football. I mean, everybody who plays college football wants him uh, just a great prospect. Be another great day. Uh, another great day for Alabama. And it's uh, July 1st, right? So that's like next Tuesday. Tuesday yeah, it I is July. Tuesday, it Wednesday. Is, uh, shoot. I mean, you know, it's all my Wednesday. jealous. Every, all the days are running together right now, to be quite honest with you. So I'm not sure what day it's going to be. I need to look on my Apple calendar to figure out what the hell day it is right now. So, um, But, yeah, that's going to be a, a nice pickup for Alabama. And there are a lot of folks who believe that he may be one of just a few uh, big-time commitments for Alabama come July. And, you know, at first, even on this podcast, we were saying that the lack of uh, summer camps may have really hurt Alabama but there was a theory posted on a message board that said perhaps um, the fact that we didn't have camps made all the coaches get study film that much more. Really try and look at uh, heights and, and weights and, and physiques uh, the, the best they could through some other angle. And, you know, whereas a lot of times you may think, OK, we'll just see that guy in camp and not worry about it. Instead, you had to put more, a lot more focus on tape study. And that may have made it made us pick it up a little bit with some of these other highly recruited guys. And uh, so it may have worked out in our favor somehow, some way that may just be a silver lining thing or always looking on the, on the bright side of life. But I thought it was an interesting take. Jimmy, let me tell everybody really quickly about built bar uh, built bar. Of course, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. We talk about it all the time. Absolutely delicious. My favorite. I've said it a hundred times, pineapple upside down cake. You can't go wrong. If you can order if you order like 12 Built Bars, I would get 11 pineapple upside down cakes. And then for my next one, I would get like a double chocolate just for the heck of it to mix it up so you don't get tired of the pineapple upside down cake. But who am I kidding? You're not going to get tired of the pineapple upside down cake. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off of your first order. I mean, again, it's just like Built Bar saying we don't, we don't even want your money. In fact, here's $10 and some of our Built Bars. Now, you just give us a little bit of money back and we're all good. That's how it works. It's money can be exchanged for goods and services here in this country, folks. And Built Bar is <laughs> where you, yeah, Built Bar needs to be where you, uh, where you exchange those dollar bills. All right. So, Jimmy, 
Excellent. Um, few other things going on out there. There's a great article um, from Bleacher Report about Bryce Young. Uh, did you have you happened to read? Have you read that yet? I don't believe I have, but remind me of it. Maybe I did. Well, it was written by Adam Kramer, and it was actually it was today. So just check it out. I mean, we don't have to get into it. It was just a good story about Bryce Young and and you know how he seems to be destined for greatness. Now, a lot of times these articles can come and bite you in the ass, but I don't think it will with this kid. I really don't. And I'm going to mm-hmm. stick to my guns and say Bryce Young will end up being the starting quarterback for the University of Alabama. Uh, assuming we have a football season at some point in the year. But um, you and I were talking about potential subjects for today, and one thing you brought up was depth chart information. Is there anything you can throw out there? Well, I just wanted to bring up this point. Uh, I I use depth chart to describe it. But sort of what I'm talking about is player 1 through 85, and it's just too early, and we don't know what any of this will look like. The pandemic's unprecedented for everyone. It's going to be weird enough, very possibly – watching our football team every week on TV play these big games in an empty stadium. That's going to be really, really weird. But we don't know what the season will look like. But imagine the season looks like this. They play forward no matter the pandemic or the situation because they've just got to because of the money. And even though tons and tons of college football players get sick and have to be quarantined, only on the rarest of occasions does any of the players get really sick. So they keep playing, right? But every week looks like last week, whereas LSU had 30 guys and Texas had 15 guys and Clemson's got 20 guys. And Alabama had eight guys the first time and five guys, I mean, five guys the first time and eight guys the second time. And, and the season looks like this, right? So every week, every week, Every team is missing 12 random players. Let's just pick out 12, 12 random guys, every team. Well, this week we're out these 12. The next week we're out a different 10. The next week you're out a different 14. Two things. If it looks like that, and it might, I think this is realistic. If it does look like that, Does the fact Alabama has the best roster one through 85 give Alabama a tremendous advantage because having to play a completely different lineup every week, Alabama's greatly benefited due to the just unbelievable accumulation of talent one through 85. Or does the fact that Alabama's offense and defense not being simple, it takes a while to learn. We talk about it here all the time. It takes a normal college football player's two years to learn Alabama's defense and play it without, you know, constantly making bus. So are we at a disadvantage because we, we run complicated schemes that aren't easy for everybody to pick up? Or are we at a huge advantage because player one through 85 – if we're not the best team, we're one of the top three or four for sure with Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma. So what are your thoughts? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Huge advantage for us, right? But we're also run complicated offenses and defenses, and, and, and it's a pet peeve of mine when they say, oh, we'll just simplify it. First of all, Nick Saban doesn't do that. If he was going to do that, he'd have done it years ago. He, he's not going to do that. And secondly – when you put it this way, when you're a really, really good chess player, and that's what your thing is, chess, right? 
And then all of a sudden, somebody goes, no, 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 don't play chess, play checkers. Well, freaking everybody's good at checkers. Everybody can figure out checkers. People, will, people who've only played checkers twice in their life can beat someone who's played checkers a thousand times. No, Nick plays chess. He's not playing checkers because he can get beat playing checkers. So we won't simplify things. I mean, we'll simplify some things, but we're not going to simplify it to the point that it makes the offensive coordinator's job on, for the opponent easier. I'm going, oh, this is all they're doing now? I don't care how athletic they are. This is so simple. I can, I can whoop this with just this little checkers move. You know, so uh, advantage to the fact that every team might be out 10 guys, 10 new guys every week, or disadvantage because we're complicated. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's a good point that uh, you could look at it either way, and it just depends on your outlook on life. However, I don't have to go much further than last year to say that all it takes is, I mean, we saw what a few injuries can do and we end up losing two games. Now we lost two games, uh, one on the road, kind of flukily, and we lost one at home to the team that eventually won the national championship by blowing most everybody out. So I could also spin that a couple of different ways. I'm going to say that it is to our advantage because in the end, um, I think it is the Jimmys and the Joes versus the X's and O's, but you have to have both. You got to have both. You can't just have a team of super badass athletes with no direction. And you can't just have uh, Vince Lombardi, but give him a Pop Warner football team. So you got, you got to have both. But, but if you don't have the Jimmys and Joes, it makes it tougher. Uh, if When you have a Jimmy and a Joe or several of them, then if they get the ball in space, they can make you look like a, a brilliant offensive coordinator. And all, you, and all you did was throw a bubble screen. So um, I, I think, yeah, it's going to be more to our advantage the less right. people can prepare. I definitely believe that. Well, just imagine this, though. I mean, I just envisioned a world where both teams are out <laughs> roughly the same number of players. It can be to where, I mean, for instance, let's just pick out a random opponent of ours, not a great one, but a good one, Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee is going to be a seven or eight win team. They're, they're good. Tennessee's definitely a quality football team this year. Are they going to win the East? No. Are they going to play in the New Year's Six Bowl? No. Are they a championship contender? No. Are they good? Yes, they're good. Okay. Let's say Alabama's out 15 guys. That's not crazy. Alabama's got 15 positives, or Alabama's got 10 positives and five more guys they got to sit because they have extensive contact with the 10 positives, like their roommates. So Alabama's got to sit 15, and for whatever reason, luck has it that week, Tennessee sits two. 15 guys Alabama sits, nine of them are starters. The, the two guys Tennessee sits are true freshmen that weren't playing anyway. You take nine starters out of Alabama's lineup and then go play at Tennessee? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Any Alabama fan that tells you it's still Tennessee, that's not a problem. They're living in some fantasy land. That's that's not true. I mean, we, we lost four starters last year, and, and all of a sudden we had the fifth best defense in the SEC. You know, so no, yeah, it, it would be a big freaking deal if we, if we're down nine starters and then they hadn't lost any that week. So yeah, I mean, it, it's it literally could be like Russian roulette that way. I mean, where each week it's like, all right. What are the names of the 12 guys we're out 
you know, this week? Well, and that's that's a great question. And you wonder how much this is why, again, that um, if there were automatic qualifiers, I think that'd be a stupid idea, because I think if you're the playoff committee and let's say that you've got six teams, all of them with one loss and um, you're trying to determine what's what and you say, OK, Ohio State lost to Purdue again. Um, Alabama lost to LSU, but they had 17 players out that week. And, right. you know, the uh, Oklahoma lost to Texas and blah, blah, blah. I think what you weigh is, okay, you know, Ohio State lost to Purdue again. And but who they, are they missing? They, they weren't missing anybody. But Alabama was missing 17 guys on the road at LSU, a good team. Yep. So, yeah, I, yep. I would think that should give them the benefit yep. of the doubt, whereas – you know, again, maybe LSU went on and won the conference because they each had one loss. LSU represented the West or whatever. Um, I would certainly favor Alabama and, and vice versa. If it, if it were the, if the roles were reversed, mm-hmm. I would probably favor Ohio State if, if they had their one loss with 17 starters gone because of COVID. I think that's where a playoff committee certainly comes yep. into play in, in a very positive way. And boy, I mean, it could hit anyone. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, the, the, the positions, as, as the season goes on and fall camp starts and all the meetings start, you know, they're all in one room. And while I realize you can socially distance to an extent, <laughs> what happens when COVID visits your quarterback room? Well, I mean, what if we're down four quarterbacks? Yeah. You know, that, that could so easily, it could so easily happen. So, I think there's going to have to be patience and realism that that so many fans, especially at a spoiled place like Alabama, we don't possess. But, hey, you know what? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, beating Ole Miss at Ole Miss might not be so easy if we're down 13 starters and have to start Paul Tyson. You know, because yeah. Mac and Bryce have COVID – and, uh, and and Leatherwood and Evan Neal are out. Najee's out. <laughs> and Ole Miss that week, for whatever reason, it will be cons- – and, and gosh, so many people are so conspiracy theory-oriented. I'm, I'm going to resolve myself. Hey, look, I'm not going to ruin my life being that way this fall. It, when, when we got 15 guys out with COVID and the opponent reports no COVIDs that week, I'm not going to be part of the gang that's going to be they're, – they're lying. They're, they're – they're, they're hiding it. I, I mean, I'm not saying that's not possible or that somebody won't do that. I'm just saying my life will be miserable if I really believe that and deal with that inside my head every week that everybody's cheating besides Alabama. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'll just announce right now, I'm not going to get up in the middle of all that. that, that I'm just going to assume that everybody's playing it straight up because it's the only way I can enjoy the games. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I can't I'm enjoy right it. And, and it's so dumb. To, I mean, if you're, are you really the fan? Are you really the fan that's like everybody cheats but Alabama? I mean, don't, don't, don't be that person. That's just that you're just not living on the planet Earth. I'm not saying everybody cheats and so does Alabama. I'm just saying just watch the games and, and not, not everything is a conspiracy. You know, not everything is a conspiracy. The world doesn't really work like that. And can you imagine you know, the liability? Can you imagine the, the liability when people are going to be so quick to assume the other team is cheating? 
What happens, Luke, when your guys test positive and you're like, no, 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 no. We play Alabama this week. I'm sticking him out there. And you play someone that's positive, and for whatever reason, they die. Your program is now bankrupt. His parents are going to sue the program for a billion freaking dollars because you knowingly played someone with a potentially life-threatening illness. So that's why it's not going to happen. But you can't tell that to people. You know, they won't believe it. They'll just think, no, 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 no. If we have 15 guys sick, they can't have zero sick. Well, yeah, it's that's how this virus works. It's completely unpredictable. Well, right. it's kind of a miracle that Alabama hadn't been sued already by the parents of a kicker for knowingly put a player out there who has clubfoot disease <laughs> <laughs> or, ha- or hammer toe, whatever they've got. Um, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Rock Auto. Uh, Rock Auto, yeah. the, all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. You, you know the jingle. You know the commercial. It was it's really kind of cool. It was beautiful. I do it all. I mean, look, I love good jingles like Rock Auto's jingle. They just stick Ladies with Ladies and gentlemen, Adele. 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 I'll be Ladell. That's how, it, that's how um, I'm interrupting. That's how I'm, uh, that's how I'm, that's how I'm introducing you on, on Saturday Night Live. You know, they, they do that every, you know, the musical guest on yeah. Saturday Night Live. Ladies and gentlemen, Luke Robinson. Luke Robinson. And all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto, rockauto.com. Listen, I don't know anything about cars. So you don't need to take a ton of car advice from me personally. But I know people. Jimmy, we had a guy in our one of our text chains, a friend of ours. He texted us and like, Man, that Rock Auto jingle is so kick-ass. He goes, I've used them before, and they're awesome. And, you know, it's so true. And it's so easy to go to Rock Auto and get what you need. They're professionals over there. They hook you up. I don't know anything about cars, but if I did need something for my car, I'm going to rockauto.com to check it out. Jimmy and I don't pimp stuff that we wouldn't use ourselves, uh, even though we don't know anything about cars. I would not trust Jimmy to... Uh, jump my car off and he wouldn't trust me to change his tire but that's irrelevant you still need to go to rockauto.com the people listening to this podcast are probably better men than us they probably know how to (laughs) change batteries and oil and things go to rockauto.com rockauto.com i'm watching nascar most weeks now and uh I, i i can't tell you how it's increased my knowledge of cars but it it somehow has i feel I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling more knowledgeable about cars just from watching them take left turns around the track all afternoon. Uh, so yeah. maybe I do know more. I know more now somehow. I still can't get into NASCAR. And, I, and you would think that with all the Bubba Wallace stuff and, you know, was it a noose? Was it not a noose? You'd think, and, and the show of solidarity, you know, somebody brought up a good point. This isn't necessarily Alabama related, but, Somebody brought up a good point, and I think this is fair. I think it's fair to say that, okay, they've determined it wasn't a hate crime. It wasn't really a noose. It was just the way that particular – and it was a misunderstanding. It's but misunderstanding. It, it should not take away from the fact that that there was a show of solidarity and a, 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 a good feeling throughout a sport that is generally considered lily white. So I think that that's a positive. Now, what I would like to add to that, I think that solidarity is great. However, what what has bothered me just a hair 
and this bothers me about the media in all walks, is that the, in the race to say something poignant or inflammatory to get ratings, they jump all over a certain subject without knowing all the facts. And then when it's proven, oh, wait a minute, that's not really what it was. They're like, okay, but if it had been, <laughs> no, I think what, what needed to happen, I'll tell you, here's, here's a, a story that relates to a little bit. Um, my brother was at Georgia Tech and he was in a fraternity and they had a this float out there that it said beat the Cavs because they were playing the Virginia Cavaliers that weekend. And apparently somebody made a phone call to somebody else and some older woman, like, you know, in her 30s, um, she shows up at the fraternity house and says, what's y'all's problem? And they were like, what do you mean? She goes, why do you have a sign out here that says beat the gays? And he goes, it doesn't say beat the gays. It says beat the Cavs. We're playing the Virginia Cavaliers. And like there was some, you know, at first, oh, yeah, that's not what it says. No, it, it's Cavs, like Cavaliers. And she was like, uh, you know, so eventually she got it. But it ended up where this woman and somebody else apparently wrote an article in the in in some student newspaper or, or, or some other kind of newspaper that that went around that said, OK. This this was awful. Now, it wasn't really awful because it didn't really happen. But, man, that could have been awful. And I, and I think, and, and, and my point was sort of so like the same thing. Like, a story. It's not even yeah. a story. And they it make it a story. story and all right. they had to say was, all the. It, I think everybody would respect the media a little more if they just say, you know what? It, we are all caught up in this right now. Everybody's, you know, um, tensions are high. Everybody's sort of just, you know, heads on a swivel. And we're wondering where the next story is coming from. What's going to happen next? Everybody's worried to death and tense. And we sort of jumped the gun on this one a little bit. Yep. And um, yep. that's okay. But, you know, in the end, it turned out to be a good story because uh, NASCAR no showed crime. us there was no hate crime, number one. And number two, NASCAR showed us that, hey, they can they can do the right thing when necessary. And hey, that, I'm a, that makes like I said on Twitter, yeah, like I said on Twitter to somebody the other night, I mean, I, I'm a brand new NASCAR fan about that. I was a NASCAR fan just because there's no other sports on. I mean, there's no other sports, and I'm just dying to watch competition and something like hey at least i know these names they show nascar on sports center i, I kind of know what's going on uh and, and then I, I i sat down to watch i'm like i'm gonna give this a chance i'm gonna watch one race i was entertained and now i've watched all the races since or at least parts of all the races since so i'm a new fan and i'll also say that for all the people that thought there was an overreaction or nascar overreacted one of the reasons, one of the reasons, it has helped me just because of myself and my personality and the way I am. I, it's been easier for me to become a NASCAR fan because of all they've done with inclusivity, including that scene with Bubba. I mean, including that. Oh. I mean, I, 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 it's made it's made it easy for me to be a fan because of the efforts. See, the efforts they're making to enlarge their fan base, I feel, includes me, not because. Um, I'm a minority or black or, or anything like that. It's just, it, it's this feeling of inclusivity and I feel included in that. Like, well, I'm a new fan too. And it's awesome that they're sort of welcoming everyone in at a great time for the sport. So I like it. And one more Bubba story. I told this yesterday, it's one of my legal class, but this is so true. <laughs> I've got to have somebody to root for, right? And, and I know a little bit about NASCAR. I mean, a, a tiny little bit. But when I decided that I was going to be a fan because it's the only sport that was on television, so I decided, hey, I'm going to start watching these races. 
what I did was I Googled, okay, who, who the hell, I mean, I know Dale Earnhardt Jr. doesn't race anymore and his dad, he died in a wreck, you know, a long time ago. And I know Richard Petty doesn't race anymore. Is Jimmy Johnson still racing? I mean, I, I'm not sure who's all the racers are. So I went to a website. All I Googled was active uh, cup series drivers. Cause I want to see, okay, who, what's the lineup? Who, and cause I got to pick out a favorite. I got to pick out a favorite. And I went in with no favorites. I wasn't even sure who the racers were. So I look at this list and the list is the name of the, the name of the, the driver, how long they've been on the cut in the cup series and what their hometowns are. Cause I got to pick out a favor, right? So I went through the list and then I see, holy crap. One of these guys was born in Mobile. And then I see the name like Bubba Wallace. That's so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. He's from Mobile. He's going to be the guy I root for. And then I turn on the race, you know, the following Sunday. And that's when I see that Bubba is black. <laughs> that didn't change anything. <laughs> I thought that was even cooler. I'm like, Bubba Wallace is a black guy. He's, his name is Bubba and he's from Mobile and he's black. I was shocked because I just didn't really know. But did it change anything? No. As a matter of fact, I was like, oh, man, that's cool. So the guy I pick out is the only black driver out there. But he's from Mobile. So I've been rooting for Bubba from minute number one, but only because he's from my hometown. The fact that I found out he's black changed nothing. As a matter of fact, I found it even more interesting because he's the only black guy out there. And it's literally the only story I have about sometimes things can be colorblind. It didn't change anything for me, you know, to find that out. And I would be really disappointed in people that would say, oh, well, he's black, I can't root for him. What, what kind of human being is that? Um, so I, I've, I've enjoyed my brief time as a NASCAR fan. And I apologize to NASCAR because I know as soon as football starts, it's going to be very difficult for me to watch the races. But I will keep up with who's winning. And when football season's over, I'll go back to watching your races, I promise. Yeah, and it is, I'll tell you, I'm not a NASCAR guy and I can't watch it if I wanted to. I mean, I don't want to, so I won't, but I mean, I just don't enjoy NASCAR and I don't enjoy baseball either. So, I mean, I'm right. about to have baseball back and I, I'm like, somebody give me something I like. But um, I, I will say that versus baseball, NASCAR showed us that they are, they are very proactive in, um, yeah. in this current movement. And they're also proactive in the sense that they're like, hey, we understand people, you know, let's be fair. People have stereotyped NASCAR. Like they're all white, they're all rednecks, they all fly the Confederate flags, whatever. And that's not true either. And so I think NASCAR is going, trying to go out of their way to show that's not them. Mean, and they've also gone out of their way to say, look, we want we want to race. We want to make it happen. We Hell or high water. It, you know, it sucks that we've had, uh, uh, you know, we had the, the misunderstanding about the, the rope. We also had the the weather issues, but we're going to try to make this right race happen. Meanwhile, baseball is like, you know, the owners propose 60 games. Well, players want 70 games. Well, how about 62 games? Well, how about 68 games? And, you know, meanwhile, we're just running out of season. And finally, baseball's come up with something because everybody's like begrudgingly decided, okay, we got to play something because everybody's still good. These millions aren't going to fall into our pockets by themselves. So, um, you know, baseball has gone a long way to make people hate them even more, if you ask me. Yep. And, and yep, it, they, they lost some fans. They lost some fans. I wouldn't say they lost me. I'm, I'm going to watch my – I'm a baseball fan uh, in the sense I'm a big Atlanta Braves fan. I, I'm going to watch when, – once the games are on TV, I, of course, I'm going to watch the Braves. I can't help but watch the Braves. But I'm, I'm upset. I'm pissed at all of it, not at the owners, not at the players, just baseball in general. And you are so right, Luke. NASCAR capitalized on a situation, even with the Bubba Wallace news story. NASCAR has capitalized on their 
situation during the pandemic where his baseball has completely stepped on their you-know-whats. I mean, they really did. And they probably lost a lot of fans, and deservedly so, uh, that they couldn't figure this out together uh, when the nation needs it. Because, and I'll tell you, the day, it's, it's coming up next week. As a matter of fact, it's a week from Saturday. There will be some some rants, especially after I get into some beers. There's going to be some rants from me on July 4th about why am I not watching Major League Baseball today? Because America would have felt back in business if we had Major League Baseball being played on July 4th. And 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 they they blew it. And there won't be baseball on July 4th. You know what there will be? NASCAR. NASCAR is going to run that, week, that weekend. <laughs> you know, there'll be NASCAR. There'll be golf. Uh, but there hot won't be eating. baseball. <laughs> hot dog eating. Hot dog eating. that. But I guess. I mean, I, you know, watching baseball. Let me tell you, I, I've always thought of hot dogs as as congealed coronavirus. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously, like I can't imagine like eating however many seventy something of those damn things. I mean, oh God. that that makes uh, me want to just throw up. But that being said, now I, I'm I like hot dogs. I do. I realize they're not healthy, but but when I eat them is. I'm bad to eat them. I think I've told that story about me. The few games I've gone to in a skybox, you know, they, 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 Alabama, they, they, they pile up hot dogs in those skyboxes, although they have other better foods. So not everybody in the box is eating those hot dogs, but I, I, I can tear them to them. When I, when I, when I do all the uh, beer drinking pregame and I do a lot of beer drinking pregame all day, there's a lot of beers and I'm not eating, but I'm, cause I'm drinking beers. But then when I stop drinking beer, and I haven't really eaten all day. And I walk into that stadium and I'm starving. All of a sudden, hot dogs sound really good to me. Not 70 of them, but uh, this little guy will put away five or six when I'm starving. Yeah. You, you don't dip them in water and then shove them up your nose <laughs> like those guys do. It's, it's old. No, no. Their whole no. sinus cavity is made of pig anus that and stuff's gross. I've never watched it. It's just gross. That's just gross. I'm not watching that. And no, I, I don't can't. Care it makes me want to yak. People might enjoy watching it, and to those that enjoy watching it, feel free enjoy yourself. I'm not even going to flip past the channel. I mean, I'm, I'm I got. I will read the headline that says Joey Chestnut or whoever the hell he is ate 81 hot dogs, and I'll read the headline and I'll smirk and then I'll just keep on going. All right, buddy, that'll wrap us up today. So uh, we will be back on Friday and roll tide, everybody. Got that Dallas Turner commitment coming up next week. Roll Tide. Dallas Turner Day.